illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beej. What's up tonight, Beej? Dude, all I hear is everybody talking about ash falling on their houses. Have you got any ash down there? No, but it's smoky as all get out. Yeah, I'll tell you, you looked at the moon tonight, it kind of looks like the sun did today. Yeah, the it's sun was kind of pink hue. all day. Oh, golly. I, if there was two of them, it would swear like you were uh, on the looking at the binary sunset of Tatooine. Tatooine, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, crazy. Yep. So, anyway, but I'm here. Good, 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 good. Yeah. All right. Well, the purpose for illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk fo- Beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around a little bit every week. All right, bees. I want to remind everyone that they can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to get a hold of us, there's a couple easy ways. One, you can email us at HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at HeinrichTailgator. And also check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. We got a couple new followers this week. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, on our Facebook or, or on, on our podcast? On our Facebook. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we're up you know, to. You know what shocked me was how many fans we got? Like 300 and some? I think we got more than that. Let me see. Wait, I want to say, say we're pushing 500, dude. Okay, well, we had over 600 people look at the post regarding our menu for last week. I know. And I'm just, I, I was a little concerned. Oh, okay, we have 361 <laughs> likes. I thought we were closer to 500, but 361. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought we were in the 300 range, but we well, had over 600 people look at that post. Well, because other people, like, showed it to, like, friends and stuff and shared it on their stuff. And yeah. I was like, man, how many people are going to show up? We had a pretty dang good turnout for, uh, for a, uh, Preseason, pre-school well, start. Let's let's wait. Game. Let's wait until we uh, talk about last week's oh, games, and then we'll okay. talk about. Okay, sorry, first. I I I always jump ahead a little bit. Always a little qu- too quick. Yeah, That's too what the latest. Quick on the say. trigger. Yep, they call them. Yep. Quick trigger beach. All right, uh, let's talk a little Beaver uh, sports news. We'll start off with some women's volleyball. Loving that women's volleyball. The Oregon State volleyball team's outstanding early season play continued Saturday night with a win over the University of Portland. Now, the victory secured the Beavers' second tournament title in as many weeks after winning their own Beaver State Classic last weekend. Oregon State improved to 6-0 for the first time since 2014, dealing the Pilots their first loss of the season in four sets. Now, this week, OSU travels to Denton, Texas to face North Texas, Campbell, and New Orleans. Hmm. 
Denton, Texas is the home of a Peterbilt uh, truck plant. Yeah. Well, and, That's all I know. And, and you know, with, with volleyball, you want to win as many non-conference games as possible because once you get into the conference, it gets really tight. Okay. So you're trying to rack up the wins now. Rack up the wins now and hopefully go 500 in conference and get a tournament berth. Yep. Cool. So six and zero oh is a good way to start. Not considering what they were like last year, this is awesome. It's great. I just remember last year it seemed like every week you were giving me bad news, and I'm mm-hmm. like, how am I supposed to get excited about women's volleyball when they keep losing? Yep. All right, Beads, let's move on to women's soccer. Ah, short shorts and women running around. All right. Sophomore Paula Lebick scored the lone goal of the match as the Oregon State women's soccer team earned a 1-0 road victory over the University of San Francisco on Sunday afternoon. Now, with the win, Oregon State head coach Linus Rohde passes Steve Fenna to become the Beavers' career wins leader. Rohde, who has led the Beavs to three NCAA tournament appearances in his time as head coach, has notched 82 wins during his tenure. Now, the Beavs are 2-1-2 and return home this Friday for a matchup with Portland State. How many games do they typically play in a season? Um, uh, I'm not sure, Beach. But 82 wins is quite a few. Yeah, it's quite a few. Especially, again, playing Pac-12 soccer. You're playing Stanford. You're playing Cal. You're playing UCLA. Yeah. Talent. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Congrats to the coach. On to men's soccer. The Oregon State University men's soccer team opened up the scoring early in a contest against UC Riverside on Sunday night at Luger Field on the campus of Gonzaga University but needed two late goals to claim the second win of the year at 3-2. Now, OSU is 2-2 two two overall and will head east next week to take on Colgate in Hamilton, New York, on Friday, September 8th, with a kickoff set for 2 p.m. I had no idea there was a university named after toothpaste. Yeah, Colgate. It's a pretty prestigious university. Hmm. Yeah, did, he invent tooth- did he invent the toothpaste? I don't know, Beach. I don't know what the history of Colgate University is. They have this wonderful thing called, called the Internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can look it up there. And I'm going to beat you to it. Okay. It was, Prominent uh, oh, soup maker. Soap maker. Soap maker William Colgate. Yeah. Okay. So does that mean he made I mean he made soap? Did he make the toothpaste too? I'm sure it's if he made soap that he also uh, made, made, made toothpaste. There you go. Amazing. Learned you something, didn't you? There I did. There, there I go. did. All right, Beach, we got a little bit of basketball news. First up, women's basketball. The Oregon State women's basketball team's non-conference schedule will feature a home matchup with Notre Dame this season. They'll also have a road game at Duke and the second edition of the Maui Classic the team announced last Thursday. And all the Beavs will play six games at Gill Coliseum in addition to the Dam City Classic, which will be played at the Moda Center in Portland. The Bees will open the regular season on November 10th when North Dakota makes a trip to Gill Coliseum. All right. Now, also with men's basketball, it was announced the men's and women's teams will host a doubleheader at Moda Center in Portland as part of the Dam City Classic presented by your local Toyota dealers. The games are slated for Saturday, December 16th, where the men's team plays St. Louis and the women's team takes on UC Santa Barbara. Times will be announced in early September when the Pac-12 conference releases its television schedule. Did you notice the uh, Toyota looks like they must be sponsoring something at uh, th- their name is on the um, at uh, Reser. Their name is on the uh, on the other side of the stands from us. The it's at the entries to the door. What is that? The club section is it now the Toyota club section. It might be. Yeah, I saw that. So must Toyota must have done some money at. Uh, at Oregon State. Could be. Yeah. Good for them. So, anyways. All right. Holy cow, Beef. What? I think I hear the teletype right behind you. <laughs> you are so, you know, the monkey is just amazing in this thing. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. Stay away from Eugene, Oregon women. Those bitches be crazy. From the Eugene Register Guard, two articles, two news reports 
about uh, Eugene uh, women that'll set you on edge. Okay. First one, area man killed, woman and son arrested. 51-year-old appears to have been beaten at a gathering at a home. Eugene, an evening get-together ended with the death of a man and the arrest of a Springfield woman and her son on charges of murder and assault, respectively. Springfield Police Lieutenant Scott McKee said police and medics were dispatched to a residence on the 2700 block of D Street about 12.10 a.m. Sunday on what originally was reported as a medical call. They arrived to find a man laying in the street suffering from life-threatening injuries. The man was transported to Peace Health Sacred Heart Medical Center in Riverbend where he died soon afterwards. McKee said the man was 51 years old and a resident of the Eugene Springfield area. Police were withholding the victim's name pending the notification of next of kin. After taking witness statements at the crime scene, police contacted Diane Marie Perham, 52, and her son Dwayne Allen Perham, 30, both of the Springfield Eugene area. Investigators interviewed the Perhams, who are not related to the victim, and charged Diane Parham with murder and her son with assault in connection with the death. McKee said both were booked into the Lane County Jail, where they remained later Sunday. McKee said alcohol might have been a factor in the dispute that led to the violence, but he said the victim and the Parhams did not appear to have any kind of close relationship and had arrived at the gathering separately. It appeared that the victim's injuries were caused by blunt force trauma, McKee said. A weapon capable of causing blunt force trauma was recovered at the scene. I don't know what that could be because anything could cause blunt force trauma. McKee said, yeah, a brick, a rock, stick, <laughs> the butt end of a, of a, of a knife or a gun. Um, McKee said, but... Uh, he declined to identify it, adding that what an autopsy scheduled for later this week could provide a better indication of the exact cause of death. McKee said it appeared all the parties to the slain are accounted for and that there is no further danger to the public. In a second article from September 3rd, Oregon puppy strangler sentenced to three years in prison. Oh, jeez. An Oregon woman who strangled a nine-week-old puppy pleaded no contest to aggravated animal abuse and was sentenced to more than three years behind bars. Megan Lafferty, 44, also pleaded no contest to attempted aggravated harassment at Monday's hearing, said the Statesman Journal. The incident happened January 30th when Lafferty's neighbors invited her to stay the night after she was displaced by a fire. While there, she picked up the great Pyrenees Labrador mix and tried to leave it without uh, leave with it out the front door. Lafferty strangled the puppy after ignoring the owner's demand that she let it go. The dog struggled for a few minutes before going limp. The owner told police that Lafferty said, I am God, and I am here to end his misery. Lafferty kept her hands. Lafferty kept her hands around the puppy's neck until police officers pried her fingers away. What the hell? I don't know. After her arrest, Lafferty declined to appear in court or speak with her attorney, who later filed a motion for psychological evaluation, according to court records. Lafferty had become increasingly isolated and paranoid in the months preceding her arrest. You know, I would say she needs to smoke more dope, but that could be her problem to begin with. <laughs> so again, bitches be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. So, jeez, what a odd update from Eugene Beach. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> Beej, I got some information for you. Oh, what's this? Ask and you'll find out. No. Are you having 7... your hiccup thing yeah, again? I get that theme every time we start <laughs> recording. I get hiccups. August seventeenth, twenty seventeen, Dateline Corvallis, Oregon State Athletics and its multimedia rights holder, Learfield's Beaver Sports Properties, announced today that the club level at Reeser Stadium will take on a new name this football season, the Toyota Club, due to a new commitment by the automaker. This marks the first time in the history of Oregon State football for there to be a naming rights partner to Reeser Stadium's club level, one of the largest premium areas inside the stadium. Toyota's five-year commitment is a complement to its existing relationship with Oregon State Athletics. Already a Beaver's dedicated corporate partner, Toyota is one of the Civil War Series sponsors. Cool. So there you go. So yes, it is now the uh, Toyota Club. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, make them a couple of bucks. Like I said, it, 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 I, didn't, I didn't mention anything to when we were at the game, but I, I looked across the way and I'm like, well, I don't remember seeing Toyota above the, the door entrances there. Yeah, I don't. The club level. Never seen that. Yeah. All right, cool. So a, well, so where are we at, Billy? There's going to be promotional giveaways and stuff like that, too. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll give away a free car. Uh, I don't know if I'll go that, but I better give away some free seats up there. All right, B, it's time to go under further review for the rest of week number one in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! Okay. All right, Beach. So as you know, um, week one was kind of long because it kind of that's started. What she, that's, what, that's what she said. Yeah, it kind of started two weeks ago when the Beavs played Colorado State, and then it was kind of week zero or week point five. And this mm-hmm. last weekend was the rest of week one. All right, Beans, and we have our little picks going. Heading into the week, all three of us, you, me, and Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, we were all tied at one out of two. But I believe we have like 11 games this weekend. Okay. So it's uh, time to get it on and see how we're going here. All right. So, Beach, the first game on Friday, September 1st of the week was North Dakota at Utah. And again, I was even surprised they had a school in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. They're actually a very good football team. Really? Yes. They're the they're at the championship subdivision, so like Portland State. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've been very good the last few years. Wow. I, were they good enough to beat Utah? Uh, you tell me. You tell uh, Utah me? What? I'm saying you tell me. <laughs> I'm assuming no, that they weren't enough. That's right. Utah quarterback Tyler Huntley threw for 227 yards and rushed for 70 and accounted for three TDs as the Utes overwhelmed FCS North Dakota 37-16 in the season opener for both teams Thursday night. Now, Utah debuted its new fast-paced, pass-first spread offense with first-year offensive coordinator Troy Taylor, and the difference was apparent. Now, Huntley had his mistakes with some bad decisions and some errant throws, but he repeatedly made plays with his arms and legs and posted career highs in passing and rushing yards. Zach Moss finished with a career high, 128 yards rushing, a TD on 22 carries, while Oregon transfer Darren Carrington had 10 receptions for 127 yards and a TD. Did you watch this game, Billy? I did. I, watched, see, it while see we, highlights? I watched it while I was preparing the tailgate. So um, how did that new offense look? It, it, it stalled in the second half. In the, in the third and fourth quarters, it really got moving. Mm-hmm. Now, on that last note there, Oregon transfer Darren Carrington. So this guy was booted off the team at Oregon, which mm-hmm. just tells you what how, how much do you have to do to actually get booted off the team at Oregon? Yeah. A lot. You have to have basically three or four strikes against you before they're forced to make to send you. So then he transfers because he had a DUI pending. Transfers mm-hmm. to Utah. Because he'd already graduated. So he's able to transfer. Nice. Now, Utah has a zero tolerance policy for DUIs. So how's that working out for him? Well, I guess it must just be DUIs when you're playing someplace else. Yeah, you you I, you know, you got to start with a clean Only slate. Only starts when you're here, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't care what clean you did before, slate. just here on out. But yeah, that's just got to burn Oregon up a little bit. 10 receptions, 127 yards, and a TD. So and my my problem with that is he transferred to a school in the same conference, uh-huh. and I wonder how long till we see the Pac-12 come out with a rule saying that can't happen. That is kind of chicken crap. Yeah, I I think it'll be. I think it'll get the it'll get shut down. All right, Beach, but all three of us got the answer correct on that. Next up, Beach was uh was New Mexico State at Arizona and or at Arizona State. Pretty sure I took Arizona State on that one, Billy. All three of us did, Beach. ASU quarterback Manny Wilkins threw for 300 yards and two TDs. Kalen Balaj had two scoring runs, and ASU overcame a sluggish second quarter to open the season with a 37-31 win over New Mexico State. Now, ASU jumped out to a quick 14-0 lead, but allowed the Aggies back in it before pulling away. Now, Wilkins showed off his strong arm on a 60-yard scoring strike to John Humphrey and finished 22 for 27. Balaj had scoring runs of 7 and 20 yards, Carrying most of the load with Mario Richard on the sideline with a right knee injury. Hmm. So we all got the win there. 
All right, Beach. up next we had a game on Friday night, Washington at Rutgers. And I took Washington on this one. I'm really thinking the Huskies are going to own it this year. But go on. All three of us took Washington. Washington wide receiver Dante Pettis woke up number eight Washington just before halftime with his sixth career punt return for a TD. And Jake Browning threw two second-half touchdown passes in a tougher-than-expected 30-14 to victory over the rebuilding Rutgers on Friday night. Now, the Huskies, who led Rutgers 20-4 to to nothing after the first quarter of a 48-13 to win home win a year ago, were in danger of going to the locker room down 7-3 to when Pettis fielded Ryan Anderson's punt down the middle of the field and scored on a 61-yard return that put Washington in front 10-7 to with 3.50 left in the half. Pettis tied former Cal star Deshaun Jackson's Pac-12 career record for punt returns for scores. Wow. Yeah, it's impressive. So we all got the win there. Up next, Beege was yes. Colorado State at Colorado. You remember who you took? I think I took Colorado State on this one, didn't I? You did. Kyle and I took Colorado. Colorado running back Philip Lindsay ran for 140 yards and 19 carries, and Colorado capitalized on a flurry of debatable judgment calls by the Pac-12 officiating crew in a 17-3 victory over Colorado State on Friday night in the Rocky Mountain Showdown. In addition to a TD catch and catches at the Colorado 5- and 15-yard lines, Colorado State also lost a 40-yard TD bass that was negated by a hands-to-the-face flag on an offensive lineman. So essentially what you're saying is you and Kyle cheated and I got screwed. Well, what I'm saying is Colorado got three passes called back, one a touchdown and two one at the 5 and one at the 15-yard line for offensive pass interference, and one of them was completely crap. The guy literally just fell down. And then Colorado State also lost a 40-yard TV bass that was negated by a hands-to-the-face call on an offensive lineman. Call you don't usually see much. Yeah. So, yes, so Kyle and I both won that one. You lost it. All right, Beach, next up were games on Saturday the 2nd. First up, Cal at North Carolina. And again, I thought it was an intramural team. Um, I'm pretty sure I took Cal on this one because, again, it's an intramural team. So Uh, how'd they do? You're right. Kyle and I both took North Carolina. Cal quarterback Ross Bowers threw for 363 yards and four TTs in his first college start, helping Cal beat North Carolina 35-30 on Saturday in the Golden Bears' first game under head coach Justin Wilcox. Bowers, a sophomore, had never thrown a pass in the college game and had to win a preseason battle for the starting job. But he shook off two interceptions and came up with several good throws to help Cal win its first East Coast day game since 2012. Mm. So you got the win there. Nice. And they didn't Recovery. look too bad. They didn't look too bad considering how crummy they were last year. Yeah, evidently their coach must be doing okay. And I, 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 you know, they're going to get talent. I mean, the fact is every team in the Pac-12 is going to get talent. Correct. Correct. Um, I, yeah, I've always liked Justin Wilcox as a coach. He's a duck, but he's been a pretty good coach. So. No. Wh- yeah. When did he? So what? Where did he come from? Well, just was he, he somewhere had, else? He had been with Sarkeesian at Washington. He got brought down to USC and was let go when Sarkeesian was let go down there. Okay. They just okay. cleaned house, and so he spun his wheels last year, and. Uh, he got picked up last year. Nice. So, next up beats Western Kentucky at USC. <sighs> I took USC on this one, did I not? Yes, you did. All three of us did. Yeah, it's, I, I think we're going to take USC. That's what I was going on. Like, when did I think that USC is going to lose their home game? But that's us. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> yeah. USC running back Ronald Jones II ran 37 yards for the tie-breaking touchdown with 6.57 to play. And number four, Southern Cal rallied from a second-half deficit for a 49-31 victory over Western Michigan on Saturday. Now, Jones rushed for 159 yards and three scores, while freshman Stephen Carr added 69 yards and two TDs in an auspicious debut for the Trojans, who scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. So, yes, that game was really close. And actually, USC trailed for a good chunk of the game before pulling away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, you know, even I, I think you and I were talking how uh, back in uh, USC's heyday, what was that, about eight years ago? Mm-hmm. 
and uh, they always were were down in the first and second quarters, but they always made great adjustments at halftime and would pull ahead in the second half. Yep. So, so right, it looks like they're up to the same. Looks like they're up to that same old thing again. Correct. Up next, Beach was Southern Utah at Oregon. Now, didn't they both score seven points right off the get go? Didn't Oregon score on the first play, and then uh, then uh, uh, Southern Utah come right back and score? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, I, th- I thought that's what I saw. Well, who'd you pick? Uh, I was, it was, well, I picked, uh, I think, well, did I pick Southern Utah for this? No, I picked Oregon. No, you and I picked Oregon. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle picked Southern Utah. The Willie Taggart era at Oregon got off to a fast start with Tony Brooks James' 100-yard TD return on the season-opening kickoff against Southern Utah. Royce Freeman ran for 150 yards and four TDs, and the Ducks routed the Thunderbirds 77-21 to on Saturday. It was the most points Oregon has scored since 1916. Kenny Benoit ran for 107 yards and three scores as the Ducks had an Autzen Stadium nine rushing touchdowns. Quarterback Justin Herbert completed 17-21 passes to finish with 281 yards and a TD. It was Oregon's seventh straight season opening win. Oh, when you pick up pansy-ass teams like Southern Utah, of course it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's it's our seventh straight season opening win. Well, yeah, when we pick little bitch boys, of course it's going to be. I, I hate crap like that. That kind of commentary. And that's got to be a season opening home win. I, I picked know. that up from a news article, but I, I don't think that's right because they lost to LSU. When was that? 20... Well, I guess that would be because it was like 2011. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. All right, up next, Beach was Montana State at Washington State. Oh, I'm pretty sure I took Washington State on this one, Billy. Um, you did. All three of us did. Washington State quarterback Luke Falk threw for 311 yards and three touchdowns, setting the career touchdowns passing record as number 24 Washington State beat Montana State 31 to nothing in the season opener for both teams on Saturday night. Now, Falk completed his first 20 passes of the game as Washington State won its season opener for the first time under Mike Leach. <laughs> Washington State, oh, yeah. yeah. Washington State <laughs> also had eight tackles for loss and three sacks. Oh, they're playing like animals out there. Twenty passes. The first completed his first twenty passes. Yeah. That's impressive as hell. Mm-hmm. Consider me not considering not even a dropped pass. I mean, he's just that. But is he a senior? Uh, I think so. Okay. So we all got the win there. All right, we have two more games left for Saturday. First up, Northern Arizona at Arizona. I'm uh, pretty sure it took Arizona and not Northern Arizona on that one, too. Correct. I think I was pretty much favoring all the Pac-12 teams this last Correct. week. Correct. All of us took Arizona. Arizona quarterback Brandon Dawkins accounted for three TDs, and Arizona ran for 506 yards to open the season with a 62-24 to victory over Northern Arizona Saturday night. Now, Arizona had six different players score rushing TDs and fell just short of the school record 511 yards rushing sent last year in the season finale against Arizona State. Mm. So, Arizona with the win. All right, Beads, a last game for Saturday, Portland State at Oregon State. We all took the beavers on this one, Billy, and boy, it was it was a nail biter. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, Oregon State wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins caught a 17-yard touchdown pass from Jake Luton with about a minute left as Oregon State overcame. Excuse me, Oregon State came back to defeat FCS member Portland State 35 to 32 on Saturday. Luton threw for 235 yards, one TD, and one interception, and had six completions in a row on the Beavers' final drive. Daryl Gerritsen ran for 29 yards in a TD as OSU used two quarterbacks, sometimes changing multiple times on the same drive. Portland State quarterback, backup quarterback Josh Crate came in during the fourth quarter after starter Jelani Eason was hurt and scored on a one-yard run with 2.43 left to give PSU a lead at 32-28. Now, Crate had started at wide receiver catching passes for 82 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Now, Portland State did have a chance at a last-second field goal, but it sailed wide right to end the game. 
hell of an exciting game. Got got every dollar's worth out of those tickets. That's for darn sure. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's funny. I ran into um, somebody yesterday who was wearing their Beaver paraphernalia, and I looked at him and said, "Go Beavers! Go Beavers!" I said, "You at the game yesterday?" And uh, they're like, "Yeah." I said, "I was too." I said, uh, "I said, you know what?" I don't care how we play as long as there's a W at the end. Yes. <laughs> he's like, and he says that's – he goes, we're Beaver fans. That's the only thing you're going to have for is You want them to play well. You want mm-hmm. them to get better. But when it comes right down to it, you just want the damn win. Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, that's exactly right. Now, they do have – you know, with that game, there's a lot of things they need to fix. Um, they have problems on both the offensive and defensive line. Offensive line, they are getting no push up front at all. And, no. And they're not making any holes up the middle. They've been able to get the edge and get some rushing yards off to the side, but they can't make anything consistent up the middle. They've had a few scoots and scampers here or there, but nothing consistent, right? Nothing like we saw at the end of last season, which yeah. goes to figure since they had to replace three offensive linemen from last year. And you have to remember the starting center, I believe his name is Sumner Houston, mm-hmm. was playing defensive line until spring ball. Wow. Yeah. So you give them some time to gel. Now, defensive line, they're getting beat. They're not doing their jobs. And they're getting blown off the ball. We've got uh, linebackers getting caught. They're over-pursuing, especially in the uh, defensive secondary. You know, they're mm-hmm. missing assignments. Secondary-wise, they're just really young. And they have to, part of it. They need to realize that you know you got to take better pursuit angles. I was going to say their angles are sucking. They're horrible because part of the thing is they got to remember the guy across the field from you. He's probably just as fast, if not faster, than you. This isn't high school anymore. You can't mm-hmm. relate. You know, rely on raw athleticism to get the job done. It's going to take you know technique. So. Yeah, it always seems like it's the same thing every year. You know that. It always seems to be a learning curve for our tackling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, you know, it's still a win. Happy with that. You know, I really like Luton's drive at the end of the game. It was a great drive. Um, you know, oh, he, it was beautiful. He did that, you know, at the end of the Colorado State game, at the end of the first half. Should have been a touchdown. They ended up getting a field goal. But that was a great drive, too. So he's got those drives in his, you know, they're they're capable of it. But I think part of it, too, is we need to get our play calling a little. There's no flow to the play calling a lot of the times. No. No. So, anyways, at least it's a win. Regroup, learn, and move on. So, all right, Beach, we all got the win there. There was one final game yesterday, an amazing game, Texas A&M at UCLA. I heard a couple of people post this on uh, online that they're like, what a game, what a game. And I didn't see a Darn bit of it. It was great. So, so uh, all three of us took UCLA. UCLA quarterback Josh Chosen Rosen faked a spike and threw a 10-yard touchdown pass to Jordan Lasley with 43 seconds remaining. And UCLA overcame a 34-point deficit to send Texas A&M 45-44 on Sunday night. Now, Rosen was 35-59 of 59 for 491 yards and four fourth-quarter TDs. Jalen Sparks and Soso Jamambo had scoring runs for the Beefs. Now, USCLA overcame a deficit of more than 20 points for the first time since a 22 to nothing hole against Northwestern in the 2005 Sun Bowl. Now, Rosen had 292 yards and four scoring passes in the final 15 minutes to overcome a 27-point margin. Wow. Yeah, so almost 300 yards and four TD passes in the final quarter. It's just amazing. Crazy. Yep. Anyways, if you have a chance, we try to catch the highlights on that game. It's well. Yeah, I need, yeah, I need a, I need to get. Can you buy the Pac-12 network? Do I don't. They have know. an app. They okay. do have an app, but you have to be subscribed. Okay. Anyways, all right, Beach. Okay. Um, so after week completion of week one, the standings are as file. Kyle is at ten out of thirteen. You and I are at eleven out of thirteen. So. Pretty good, pretty good week one. Yeah, not bad. Pretty good week one. All right. So, Beach, next up, it is time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do.
Jackass of the Week Award. Now, every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. This week, Beach, it's kind of in leadership. And it has to do with that last game we talked about. Now, Texas okay. A&M's epic collapse against UCLA was the final straw for one Aggies regent. He wants Kevin Sumlin fired today. Houston attorney Tony Busby offered his thoughts on Facebook on Sunday night after Texas A&M blew a 34-point lead to lose 45-44 in Los Angeles. Here's what he wrote. Quote, I'm sure I may be criticized for this post, but I honestly don't care. I've been on the board of regents for the A&M system for almost seven years. During that time, I've not once commented on Kevin Sumlin and his performance during his tenure at our school. I never said a word, and when he and his agent manipulated a much bigger and longer contract, I said nothing about his arrogance and his mishandling of multiple player controversies. I said nothing when we had multiple awesome recruiting classes only to see key players leave our school or underperform. But tonight, I am very disappointed, and I have to say this. Kevin Sumlin was outcoached tonight, which isn't new. He recruits well, but he can't coach the big games or the close games. Our players were better tonight. Our players were more talented tonight, but our coaches were dominated on national TV yet again. I'm only one vote on the Board of Regents, but when the time comes, my vote will be that Kevin Sumlin needs to go. In my view, he should go now. We owe it to our school and our players. We can do better. Now, Busby confirmed to the Houston Chronicle that that post was indeed his. Now, someone who has two years remaining on his contract after this season and is paid $5 million annually. He is 44-22 and 22 at A&M, but 21-19 in SEC games. His best season was his first in 2012 when the Aggies went 11-2, 6-2 in the SEC, and 1 in the Cotton Bowl. He went 9-4 in the next season and has posted 8-5 records in each of the past three. He has come under fire before for late season implosions, but this game summed up all of his critics' complaints. Now, in this game, Beach, the most memorable gaffe for AM happened when cornerback Deshaun Caper Smith was in position to intercept Josh Rosen's pass, only for it to sail right through his hands to Darren Andrews for a 42-yard strike that cut the score to 44-31 with 8.28 to play. Wow. Now, Beach, this is, has to do more with Busby. This is not the way you handle your business. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're a freaking attorney, and you're mm-hmm. posting this, and, and a regent in the university system. And mm-hmm. this is how you handle your business? Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, I think if anyone needs to go, it's Busby. Mm-hmm. Is this the kind of person you want as someone, you know, in charge? Undermining the football? Undermining, uh, undermining everything. The, yeah. And he's a freaking attorney, and this is how you handle your business. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that this, you know, the SEC, the South, they're very passionate about their football. I don't give a crap. You shut up, you speak with the other regions, and if a vote is taken, you take the vote. You don't pull this mm-hmm. crap on Facebook and undermine your, your coach, undermine your team. It's just, it's just ugly mm-hmm. and stupid. So, Tony Busby, regent in the university system there in Texas. This week's Jackass of the Week Award. (laughs) Is for you. Enjoy. Dumb shit. All right. Wow. All right. All right, Beach. It is time for our musical interlude of the show. And as I chose last week, it is songs from soundtracks. So I'm interested to see what uh, you lay on us tonight. Okay, so, you know, there's a lot of places you can go. But on this one tonight, I I was driving down the road, and I've got like 10,000 songs on my iPod, most of them courtesy of you. And I but I don't know if this one is or if I bought this one. But this is a song that, well, it was it was written back in 1979, written especially for this movie. And this song is actually what I want played at my funeral for the final song. Did you know this? No, I did not. Oh, do you, do you even know what song I'm talking about yet? I am 
Oh! 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 Would this song have a, from a movie that happens to have your name in the title? It does. Okay. It does. I do know what song you speak. Okay, so the song I'm picking tonight is Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. I was actually going to try to say that with an English accent, but it didn't come out very well. No. Uh, it didn't come okay, out well so, at all. And, uh, always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Uh, so anyway, uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life is a comedy uh, song written by Monty Python member Eric Idle that was first featured in the film Monty Python's Life of Brian and has gone on to become a common sing-along at public events such as football matches as well as funerals. Okay, so here is Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Some things in life are bad They can really make you mad Other things just make you swear and curse When you're chewing on life's gristle That grumble give a whistle and this'll help things turn out for the best and always look on the bright side of life always look on the light side of life if life seems jolly rotten there's something you've forgotten and that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Ain't always look on the bright side of life Come on Always look on the bright side of life For life is quite absurd you must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your seat, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance, anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. Just before you draw your terminal breath. Life's a piece of shit. When you look at it, life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true. You'll see it's all a show, keep them laughing as you go. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the right side of life. very much for coming along. I think the voiceovers have helped the record enormously. That's it, is it? I mean, that really is it? Uh, yes, thanks. That's all we need, thanks. Oh, oh okay. Uh, <clears throat> we want the song, then? Uh, no, the song is a bit uh, de trop, I think. Uh, oh, we have plenty of songs on the album anyway, as it, oh, as it, as it happens. Is uh, <laughs> Who? £30 uh, all right? All right, Beach. There we go. Now I know what to play at your funeral. I, I knew that. I just wasn't thinking about it when you said it, and then it all of a sudden occurred to me. So it's it's funnier than hell. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right, but we are going to get moving along here because we got a little bit more okay. to do. First up, Beach, we got to talk about week number two 
in the Pac-12. All right, so after last week, you and I are tied at 11. Kyle is tied at 10 out of 13. All the games are on Saturday, September 9th. I've got Kyle's email open. And we are going to go here. All right, so first up, Texas State at Colorado. Who you got, Beej? Taking Colorado on that one. Just taking Colorado. I'm going to take Colorado. Kyle said, the early signs are that the Bees football will not be the exciting part of the season. Luckily, your show is about tailgating, which you make exciting. Texas State at Colorado, he's taking Colorado. Okay, so across the board, Colorado. So he doesn't think the Beavers are going to have exciting games this year? I think we had one of the most exciting games was, last week. It was pretty damn exciting. I just yeah, think Kyle. People didn't want oh, to see Oh, by the way, yeah, happy birthday, Kyle. I think his birthday was yesterday, it wasn't was. it? He or turned today? 40, the old man. <sighs> so. All right, Beach. Up next, Nebraska at Oregon. A game we will be watching at this week's tailgate. I'm taking... Uh, uh, this one takes no decision making at all. Nebraska for the win. Just taking Nebraska. X gets a square. I too am taking Nebraska. Kyle said, I want Riley to win, but that most probably means he will lose. So I will pick Nebraska to lose, and then I will be wrong, and the Ducks will lose, and I will be happy. Got it? So he's taking I, Oregon. I follow the logic. I hope it works. Way uh, to take the team there, Kyle. There you go. <laughs> Okay, up next, Beach, Hawaii at UCLA. Uh, I'm going to take UCLA on this one. Taking UCLA. I, too, am taking UCLA. Kyle says, how do you feel about pineapple on your pizza? I like it in the right combos. UCLA wins. Billy, Billy hates pineapple on his pizza. Freaking devil's fruit. <laughs> you ever seen it? Looks like the devil. Okay, next up, Weber State at Cal. Are they going to play? Was it Weber State? Have we ever played Weber State? Was yeah, we that the? We played them a few years ago. Okay. Um, taking Cal. You just taking Cal? I too am taking Cal. Kyle just says Cal. Not a lot of thought. Not a lot to say there. Okay. Next up, Montana, at number eight, Washington. Montana is an FCS school. I'm thinking Washington's going to dominate Montana. Washington. I too am taking Washington. Kyle just says, Washington. Okay, next up, big early season matchup here, Beach. Number 14, Stanford, at number four, USC. This is huge. This is huge. That's what she said. What Were she you said. overhearing somebody else's conversation? That was just rude, Bill. Let me live in my little world, okay? Fantasy world? It's, it is what it is. <laughs> Who you got, Beach? Um, I'm taking Stanford. Taking Stanford. I, too, am taking Stanford. Kyle says, hey, we're back in a world where USC is overrated. Stanford. So across the board, all of us are taking Stanford. Okay. Next up. Ooh. Big time battle in the Beehive State. Utah. At BYU. So is that the Jack Mormons versus the regular Mormons? Is that how that works? I guess, Beach. Okay. Um, that's a pretty big game right there. I'm going to take BYU. I think they're at home. I think they got a better shot. I'm taking Utah. Kyle said BYU didn't look strong in their win over Portland State. They must suck. Utah. Okay. Next up, Boise State at number 24, Wazoo. Who do I take on this one? Mm. Because I want... I want Boise State to beat Wazoo, but then Wazoo will be all pissed, and then they'll want to beat us, right? Mm-hmm. The following week. Sure. But if they come in and they dominate Boise State, then they're all cocky and badass, and we go in and we kick their asses. Possibly. Wazoo for the win. You just taking Wazoo? Kyle says, Wazoo, can you feel it? That big old coup game? Waiting somewhere out there at the end of the season, just building an intensity and let down the Cougar fans. 
I can feel it. He's taking Wazoo. I'm taking Boise State. Okay. Cool. Next up, Houston at Arizona. Houston at Arizona. They're going to have to uh, get themselves unburied out of the water. Um, that's funny. They're going to Arizona. Uh, let's uh, uh, take uh, I'm taking Arizona. I, too, am taking Arizona. Kyle is taking Houston. Hmm. Okay, Beach. Next up, San Diego State at Arizona State. San Diego State at Arizona State. We're going to take Arizona State. Taking Arizona State. All right, too, I'm taking Arizona State. Kyle just says Arizona State. Okay, final game of the weekend, Minnesota at Oregon State. <sighs> Beavers for the win. I, too, am taking the bees. Kyle says, so Gary Anderson finds out that the team had been replaced by replicants a la Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., who malfunction when exposed to heat and game clocks. But he has rescued the actual players who will be there to beat Minnesota on Saturday. Now, interesting thing, Beach, the spreads as of earlier this morning, Oregon State was favored by a point. Really? Yeah. That's shocking. A little bit. A little bit. All right, so we'll see how that works out. Kyle finishes up his email here with saying, Tom Peterson of Cheap Trick handed me his Pace guitar pick. So it must have been at a uh, at a show. Oh, but this is referencing your Cheap Trick uh, yeah, this song is, from last week. This is in response to last week's song. It pays okay. to know the lyrics to Dream Police. Okay. I don't know. I know the song Dream Police, but I don't know the lyrics. Here, I'm going to look them up. That's what I was just doing. Okay. The dream police, they live inside my head. The dream police, they come to me in my bed. No talk is cheap. Jane nice. Sing for the, you can sing it for our guest, Billy. I don't know what he's, what he's uh, referring to there. I try to sleep there wide. Wide awake. I don't know, Kyle. You'll have to tell us what the heck you're referring to with this. I don't know. All and right, Beach. Because they're waiting for me, looking for me every single night. They're driving me insane, those men inside my brain. Possibly. Is he insane? Oh, probably. All right, Beach. It's time to talk about the Minnesota game tailgater. First of all, Beach, last week's Portland State tailgater. What'd you think? I thought it was kick-ass for a three-hour tailgater. We nailed it. It turned out awesome. Uh, you know what? I was only going to make three egg casseroles, but I ended up making four. Thank God I did because we got through most of the fourth one. Um, we went through pretty much all 10 pounds of the steak, which I think everybody enjoyed with the, with the gravy. We went through 10 pounds of sausage. Mm-hmm. and seven, 10 pounds of sausage. So- oh, somebody want to know what kind of sausage you used. Um, stuff I got at Cash and Carry. Okay. And 10 pounds, or not 10 pounds, about 8 pounds of bacon. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was a good one. Went through quite a no, few I, waffles, too, I think. You made quite a few waffles, didn't you? I, I, I made two batches of waffle mix thing, I yeah. think, yeah. Yeah, so we went through quite a few of those, That's too. Not... Although we didn't go through the Nutella like I thought we would. Nobody wanted the Nutella. Yeah, it surprised me. Everyone was eating the syrup. Yeah. But see, I like syrup on my bacon and sausage. I okay. like getting a little syrup on there. And so that, uh-huh. that could be what everybody else was doing, too. Okay. All right, Beach. But this week, we've got – anyways, last week, excellent tailgater for such a quick early start time. I just thought it turned out great. thought everybody had a good time. I was really happy. Now, this week, we've got the complete opposite. We have a 7 p.m. kickoff. And we will be doing the famous Minnesota Juicy Lucy's. From Matt's – from Matt's, Matt's bar. bar. Correct. Hey, I was thinking about this, Billy. I'm going to drive home today. Okay. And I'm thinking, okay, so we're going to go from 7 to 6, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so we have an 11-hour tailgater. Pretty right? much, yeah. Okay. So we got 11 hours. That means we should have at least three meals in there. Ugh. Right? Okay. 
Okay, so we can make the the breakfast burritos and and do that. But I was thinking for like lunch, maybe we should do some shrimp. Yes, no thoughts. Maybe some oysters. Did I lose you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe not shrimp. When am I supposed to do this? Oh, well, I was just thinking we could just buy some shrimp and then just, I okay. don't I mean, oh, can't we just salt? Sure, bring them out. I'll cook them up. Oh, I mean, that was my thoughts. And mom and dad are going to the beach this week. Okay, sure. Bring them out. Cook them up. I'll cook them up. Is Get that okay? All, have them all ready to go and I'll cook them up. Okay. What do we need to do to them? There you go. I don't, I, I'm a, I'm the big picture guy. We've had this conversation. I'm the big picture guy. You're the detail guy. Yeah, but see, your big picture doesn't take as long as the details. I know. So what 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 do you do to shrimp? I mean, I don't know. Figure it out. Bring them to me. I'll cook them. <laughs> okay. I've I've got my week set up, Beach, for what I need to do, and going and getting fresh produce was not on the well, list. Well, no, that's well, that's what I was thinking. Mom and Dad could grab something while they're at the beach. So okay, so you're putting it on their list. Yeah, I don't know. Figure something out. We need something for lunch. Do you have any ideas for lunch? You want to do peanut butter and jelly? I don't give a crap. I don't know, Beach, but uh, that was not what I was thinking. Okay. Ooh, maybe I'll do some fish. Deep fried fish and chips. There you go. See, that sounds good. That's And that's easy. Okay. That's easy. And I'll get some really good dilled up uh, tartar sauce. Okay. Maybe I'll get some shrimp, too. And some tar- and some, some... You know what? If it's something we can fry, then that'll be good. Okay? I'll, I'll, okay. I'll look. I'll look. You want some seafood? I'll get you some seafood. Okay. Okay. That works. That's good. Yeah. All perfect. right. See, that works. When you start talking about like French, uh, shrimp and oysters, that's great. But one, I don't know how many people we're gonna have out there. Yeah. And two, it's just another thing I gotta get ready. And if I, I need produce, I can't or seafood, I can't go out and get it very early. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. yeah. All right, Beach. So what else are we gonna have for the evening? We're gonna have the juicy Lucy's. Now, the way they make those at Matt's Bar. They're stuffed with a white American, mm-hmm. so we'll be doing that. And then they just serve them with or without grilled onions, pickles on buns. Mm-hmm. But we got to do a little more than that. So I will bring out condiments, ketchup, mustard, all that kind of stuff, mayo. I'll also bring out lettuce and tomatoes if anybody would like. And I'll just have some fresh onions too. So Sounds good. Onions. Um. Anything else you can think of, Beach, that you want to have out there? Just the, the usual assorted deep fried stuff. Um, yeah. What was I thinking? Oh, do they have any? I was thinking. Well, we can do it with regular fries, but what about those little fancy small fries? Do can you get the little small fries? I don't know the, what the I hell you're they, talking about. You know the little thin fries that they sell oh. that you can get sometimes. I don't know. I don't like those. Oh. I'd rather do crinkle okay. cut. Okay, well crinkle cut. Get some garlic. Oh, you want to do you want to do garlic fries? Let's do garlic fries. Okay, I can do that. That's doable. And then I'll I'll ask you a favor again. We mentioned this last week, but uh, Lisa's joining me on this one. She doesn't like beef, so if you got a chance to to pick up a, a turkey burger or two, that would be awesome. But if you can't, she understands. Okay. All right. See what and I can let's do. Let's do it. Okay. Freaking short order cook. Yep. Yep. Alrighty. And oh, and and well, and then let's get some uh, some shrimp too to deep fry. That's what I figured. Yeah, I'll yeah. get deep fryable seafood. Okay. 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 Cool. All right. Oh, and and one other thing, uh, maybe some cocktail sauce. Yeah, I said that. Oh, did you? I missed that. I I thought I heard I heard uh, yeah. tartar sauce sorry. and cocktail sauce. Yeah. Okay, I just yeah, I heard that. I was I was stuck on the dill because you taught me that you need to have dill tartar sauce and not sweet pickle tartar sauce. Exactly. All righty, Beach. So that sounds good. I'll just go out and figure out what I meant. You might get a phone call from me when I'm at okay. Cash and Carry. Okay. All right, Beach. Uh, do you have a Cheaters and Horrors tonight? She's just a girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. I do have a Cheaters and Horrors tonight. Hopefully it's a quick one. Um, Kind of. Okay. I thought, what's the sport that we haven't tackled yet? I don't know. Oh, that's what I thought. So I did a search. How about uh, rugby? Damn it, you're good. Okay. You're freaking brilliant. 
It's like we share a brain sometimes. So today's Rosie Ruiz, Cheaters and Whores, is actually a scandal known as Bloodgate. The Bloodgate scandal was a scandal involving the English team Harlequin in their Heineken Cup match against the Irish side Linster on April 12, 2009. It was so-called because of the use of fake blood capsules and has been seen by some as one of the biggest scandals in rugby since professionalization in the mid-1990s. During the final quarter of the 2009 Heineken Cup against Leinster, Harlequin's wing, Tom Williams, came off the field with what turned out to be a faked blood injury in order to facilitate a tactical substitution for Nick Evans to re-enter the field, having gone off earlier injured. Uh-huh. An investigation by the ERC and the RFU revealed that blood injuries had also been faked by Harlequins to enable tactical substitutions on four previous occasions. These findings resulted in a 12-month ban for Williams. It was reduced later to a four-month on appeal. Uh, and a three-year ban for former director of rugby Dean Richards. And a two-year ban for physiotherapist Steve Brennan, as well as a 260 a 260,000 pound fine for the club. Club chairman Charles Gilling subsequently tendered his resignation while club doctor Wendy Chapman was suspended by the GMC pending a disciplinary panel hearing into her cutting of William's lip to hide his use of the blood capsule. Jeez. So they cut. <laughs> I got to cut you, man. I got to cut you. Cut me, Mick. Cut me. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, on, on September 2nd, 2009, it was reported that Harlequin's had escaped being thrown out of the Heineken Cup following the scandal when the board of organizers European Rugby Cup, or the ERC, said it approved of the bans and fines already handed out. The affair was dubbed by many in the media as Bloodgate. Leinster won the game 6-5, to five, going on to win the Heineken Cup for the first time. Hmm. So, Crazy. Yep, and in the spirit of Rosie Ruiz, that is today's cheater and whore. Well, there you go. All right, Beach, you got anything else to add tonight? Dude, I am, you know, I'm stoked for this weekend's game. It's going to be a long-ass tailgater, and I might need to take a nap. But we've got some good but, games uh, to watch. No kidding. I mean, uh, when does the when does the Oregon game start? Um, as if as, uh, uh, 1.30. 1.30, and it's, and, we're, and it's, uh, forgive me, is it at Nebraska or at no, Oregon? it's at Oregon. Okay, so traffic's going to be a bitch. Mm-hmm. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 93 of Olympic Participation. Remember, if you'd like to contact us or send a suggestion, there's a couple different ways. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter. Just look for at HeinrichTailgator. And also check out HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe on iTunes. Leave a mess, or leave a review on there, too. Listen to us on your iPhone, iPhone, device, and Stitcher Radio app. Beach, it's been great. Next week will be show number 94. Hopefully we're, we're getting talking close. About, getting close to that, that elusive show 100. Hopefully we'll be talking about another Beaver win. And we'll be talking about a little Beaver road trip. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. All right. So until then, here's a great big Go Beavers. Your time, but it-
Yeah. I was like, who have we touched on yet? Because we've touched on a lot of different stuff. <laughs> you start talking about, oh, why don't we do shrimp and, and this and that? And I'm going like, fuck you, dude. When the hell am I supposed to get all this shit ready to go? Sorry. That's what I was thinking. So we'll, we'll do some, we'll do some, some, uh, I think I can get some like batter fried, uh, or beer, beer battered halibut or something. Mm-hmm. And some fries and we'll do, uh, fish and chips. You want to do that? That would be awesome. Okay. I'll look for that. I'll look for some shrimp too. Okay. Okay. And uh, like, there's probably some deep fried oysters too. I can get. Okay. That work. That works perfect, Billy. All right. Cool. Beach. Well, I will talk to you later. I'm going to get this sucker. Um, edited tonight. What you doing? What you doing? Are we recording? I don't know. I think so. Let me double check. They're right behind you. I hate it when you do that. Let's see. Skype recordings. Why, yes, we are recording. That's always good. Are you ready to go? Um, sh- hell, Billy, I don't know. I fake it every time we do this crap. That's what I'm, your actually girl more says. Prepa- I'm actually more prepared than I've been in previous episodes, so you that's got, good. You got a song picked out? I got a song picked out, bitches. I got a man. Hold on. All right. Damn it. Gmail. Let's look at I got a man. All right, we doing? I'm ready to go when you are. Okay, let's do this shiz. <laughs>